You're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with creator and host, Nomad. With 20 plus years of experience in the music industry, Nomad has done just about everything to earn a living as a career musician. From being music director to celebrity artists, playing iconic arenas and stadiums, composing for film and TV, and even playing your average local club gigs, he's done it all. Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. Welcome to the Career Musician Podcast. Today, we are talking with Erskine Hawkins. This dude went from playing with Eminem to Adam Blackstone to Babyface and literally everything in between. Now, he and I met on the Babyface gig when I hired him to be the keyboard player in the band. That's right. I was the music director for Babyface for 10 years, and I stumbled upon Erskine when I put out an ad online, and he responded to it. And let me tell you, when I saw this dude's resume and how professional he was just in responding to my inquiry, I was like, that's it, you're in. His credits and skill levels as a musician are unparalleled by none other than his charismatic personality. Check him out right here on the Career Musician Podcast. In fact, while we were on tour in Japan with Babyface. I'm sitting here with my next guest on the Career Musician Podcast, Erskine Hawkins. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you, Erskine, hello. for being hello. here. Erskine Hawkins, that name to me sounds like a scientist really? or a philosopher. It sounds yeah. like such an astute name. Well, I appreciate yeah. it, man. It's, it's been passed down. So it was actually like this famous jazz trumpet player from back in the See? like the 40s or there 50s or something like that. But uh, so my grandfather was named after him and then passed that down to my dad. They passed it down to me. Wow. And uh, I pass it on to my son, so he's the he's the fourth. He's the fourth. Okay, yeah, I was just, just named say. after the famous trumpet player. So how cool is that? Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, it's funny because Erskine and I found each other online. I was looking for a keyboard player to fill in the uh, for the Babyface band, and uh, I in particular needed an auxiliary keys player, or we call it a keys two. Those terms are usually synonymous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, lo and behold. Erskine is the type of guy who goes out there and scours opportunities, and he found my bulletin uh, job posting, right? Yeah, yeah. And then... You know, man, you know, what's interesting, I actually tell this story quite often. This is probably one of my favorite stories to tell of how I wound up on this babyface gig, because at first, I think I was auditioning for your chair one. If I'm not mistaken, I think you're right. I was, I was, I was auditioning for I'm chair sorry. one. No, 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 no but, but, but it's cool. Yeah, but the, this is this is like this is so the cool part about it is I didn't get the gig at first, and of course I wouldn't because I was up against Clifton Williams. For anybody knows who Clifton Williams is, he's a monster in every aspect of the keyboard. So I came, I went out to L.A., I auditioned for him. And then I think, you know, a week or so later or whatever, like, you know, we're so sorry. You know, we went with another guy and I was, man, I was pretty down about it. I was because I have never gone for a gig. Oh. I've never auditioned for a gig that I didn't get. Never. You're absolutely right. I remember yeah. this, but let me correct you. I think you were living in L.A. at the time. You're right. I'm yeah, so, sure I, you so I didn't go to L.A. Yes, yeah, I, I was living in L.A. And now no, 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 that's not what it was. I was living in Dallas. 
but and I you were moved. Getting ready. I was getting ready to move to LA. To That's LA. what it was. So. And I remember you came to a Babyface's studio. Yep. To audition. I remember yep, that. Yep, yep. But I really liked what you did. So, so, so this is the part of the story that I love to tell. Like I was really down about it. And me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, so everything that I do revolves around my faith in God. So. Right, right. I moved to Los Angeles and I didn't have like any gigs lined up. And I was like, so after I got the email saying I didn't get the gig, I moved to LA anyways. And I was there, I didn't have anything lined up. And I was there sitting with a friend and she was talking about like her time in LA and how like stuff doesn't work out for her and whatever else. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta trust, you gotta trust God that he's gonna, whatever is supposed to be, and we were literally having that conversation that whatever is supposed to be yours is gonna be yours and just not worry about it. I think we were watching something on Netflix or whatever. And uh, man, I laid back down on the couch. I was like stretched out on the couch. And I looked, I opened my email and there was a message from Nomad saying, hey, um, this was like two months after that. Okay. It was like, hey, you know, um, the boss brought you up today um, at the gig and he wants you to come back in and re-audition. And it was like out of, out of the blue, out of, out of blue. nowhere. <laughs> you hit me up, but it was as I was having that conversation of whatever's supposed to be yours is going to be yours. There's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, there's nothing you can do to not make it be yours if it's supposed to be yours. And then I got that email. I mean, it was literally in the same breath that I finished saying that, that I got that email from you. Look Went back that. in, re-auditioned for you guys, and now we're pushing We're pushing towards year four. Actually. I was just going to say, it's been a while. Two, that was 2016, so we're pushing towards year four, coming four. up in May. Can I just say, the past four or five years for me have been a blur. Do you feel the same way? Man, they've it, gone by kind of quick. So yeah, quick. They've, it's like, they've gone by quick. What's going on? Okay, yeah. well, I love that story, yeah. and thank you for reminding me yeah, of man. the exact account. Wow, yes. So that is exactly how it happened. And what I love about you and, and Clifton is that you guys are literally interchangeable. Either one of you can play chair one or two. Right, right, right. So yeah. uh, that's an amazing thing. We'll talk more about that. What was, the, what was the name of that show on Netflix? Comedians in Cars, Drinking right. Coffee, whatever. It's yeah, exactly right. what this is. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. This is very real. Musicians eating breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> in Tokyo. Around the world. <laughs> Around the world. Around the world. Yeah. What's up? I'm a career musician. I yeah. love it. But again, one of those things about you is that you're always well prepared. And I think you can never be too prepared. Right. You should be over prepared. And you, and you fit that bill. Man, that has a lot to do with the way that I started playing music. And that's because I was never the best musician, if you will. Like, um, so I started playing music. I was, I started late on keyboard. Before that, I was a drummer. I mean, I, mm. I was terrible. That's what everybody said. I was terrible. I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> I was terrible and I started in church, but I was never able to play. Um, we had a main drummer already. He was, I, I mean, I was probably like 10 or 11 trying to play the drums, and this guy was a grown up, so, right. you know. <laughs> luckily, right. Luckily for me, though, like, he didn't always show up. Like, sometimes, like, he was supposed to be there at rehearsals, just wouldn't show up, no call, no shows. So that's how I got my, my, my time in oh my on the gosh. drum kit. I had a drum kit at home, but yeah. that's how I got my time in, was like just anticipating when he wasn't going to be there. So I was always there. And I was there before him, and most times I wound up getting a play. So that was pretty neat. I'm but, sorry. Reiterate that, man. That's the key phrase. You were always there. I was always there. Always ready. Yeah, I was always there and always ready. So when he didn't show up, I was able to just jump right on in. So I'll talk about that in a second, too. Yeah, man. That okay. was one of my first... My, one of my first 
big opportunities was exactly that. So, all right. So, yeah, for, for any musician, yeah. always being the, the person there and always yeah. being ready and over prepared. Go ahead. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I, yeah I, I forgot all about that. So, you said that. something, but yeah, I've, I've got a story to go along with that. So, yeah. So anyways, man, the minister of music at our church, because uh, I grew up, my dad was in the military, so I'm a military brat. So people were always leaving the yeah. military base. We went to church on the military base, and they were always leaving. So the minister of music got orders. He was leaving. There wasn't going to be a keyboard player, and his son was the bass player. And, I mean, his daughter was like the worship leader. The whole family was leaving. And the church. so I was like, man... And we knew about it like four, three or four months in advance. So right. I was like, well, let me try to learn like a song on the piano so we could at least play, you know, one song, you know, you know, with, with the piano. So I tried, I asked him if he could show me a song and he, you know, he showed me a song. My dad also plays piano too. Okay. So my dad was working with me as kind well at the same time. There. Yeah. 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 Okay. But anyway, so I learned my one little song, man. I was like two notes in my right hand and one note in my left hand, but I got through it, man. It was super simple, like three chords. Do you remember what it was? It was called Ancient of Days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost the same as playing chopsticks, if you will, man. But I love that. That was like the first song that I learned how to play. And I mean, there was, after the Minister of Music left, my brother actually picked up bass. So he started, he learned how to play the bass. I taught myself how to play the piano. I was terrible, man. There were some times where the choir directors, just, you know, just just stop. Just, just don't. Play. It would be actually better if you guys didn't just play. acapella. <laughs> yeah. That's that's where it was, man. I was like thirteen, so that's, that's hilarious. That's how I was when I started playing. But man, from there, like I, I just practiced every day. And mm. uh, in high school, um, I was actually the high school I went to at first had a medical program. I wanted to be a pediatrician, man. That's what I wanted to do. I was high how hopes. Did you, how did you decide that at such a young age? How does one man discover? I'm not really sure, but I know I knew that that high school had a medical program. I had mm. never heard of a high school having a medical program, but you could like graduate from that high school with your associate's degree, but like emphasis wow. in like medical something. It was really interesting. Impressive. So I went to that high school with that in mind. But that's around the same time the Minister of Music left, and I started kind of playing piano. We also had an arts high school in Wichita Falls, Texas. That's where I grew up. Mm. And uh, so, man, I was like, I don't know. Do I still want to do this medical thing? Because I'm really interested in, like, playing piano. I really want to be able to, like, I really, I was practicing every day. You know, we mm. first start practice, yeah. like, seven hours a day, yeah, eight hours. A, yeah, the bug, it, yeah. it bit me well, man. So, so I left. I mean, I asked my mom if I could transfer high schools. We talked to the, the arts high school, and they accepted me, you know, so I transferred there. And I wasn't necessarily, we didn't have music majors, it wasn't that kind of a thing, but there was a piano class, so I was in the piano class. And then we also talked to the uh, the guy over the jazz band, and I was in jazz band. I mean, I don't know how, wow. I, I was terrible, but the jazz band was okay, so, but I was, I mean, they weren't all that great anyway, so yeah. I, I fit the jazz band. But then, for my first period class, he was saying, because there was something about, you know, if you want to be a marching band or something, I'm like, I don't want to be a marching band. I don't want to do that. He's like, well, he's like, well, since you have such an interest in piano, I don't want to deter you from playing it. Why don't I accept you into marching band? But we have practice rooms. So it was a practice room with the piano. So your first period class and it's every day for 90 minutes is to be to sit in that practice room and just practice. Wow. But I think that was probably the best thing that ever happened. What grade was that? This was ninth grade. ninth grade. I did that for ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade. Three up. Three years. This is in addition to a piano class. So I was in piano class. I was in jazz. So piano class was 90 minutes. Jazz band was 90 minutes. 
and now I had just 90 minutes every morning of whatever I wanted to practice. So it was like a, um, a magnet uh, music program. Kind of, yeah. I went to the same type of high school. Exactly, yeah. Up. It was basically, I'm going to have math and science sure. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my day for like for years. That was kind of what I did. So, man, I think that's, that's kind of where it accelerated, man. That's kind of where my music accelerated uh, was from there. So that's, that's how I got started. Um, and one of the things that kind of pushed me to really be better, I don't know if you're familiar with all region Jazz band, all region. This, this is like band competition. Not, sure. It's not even competition. Are, are they national though? They're, yeah. They're, they're, or regional. They're regional. Yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah, regional. Yeah. And you can like try out for, I don't yeah, exactly yeah. understand what it was. It's that all region jazz right. band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, man, I was like, yo, let me try out for this. I was the jazz piano player at the school. So, basically, I go to a competition. I, I, I read some music and I like, you know, show my chops or whatever. And they place you. Either you make the jazz band or you don't make the, the jazz band. And that's it. It's called All Region Jazz Band. Sure. So it was like a three-hour bus ride. We got there, man. I auditioned, and I got fifth place. Okay. I thought was something. This was like my, I think this was my junior year. That's good. I, that's what I thought, right? Until I saw that there were only five people that tried out for oh. it. <laughs> I thought there was going to be like 50. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. I got fifth out of five. Hey. I mean, there were freshmen that be. <laughs> it was, that was a turning point in my life, man. It was like, really? geez, I gotta get better, man. But see, what I like about you is your uh, optimism. It's just what we talked about about you getting the gig with Face. You were like, you were telling your friend, you know what? No, let's not be down. You just never know. Let's, you know, all in God's right, time. Right, let's right. just see right. what's gonna happen. So even at a young age, you had that. It's it's okay. it's okay, you know, that, yeah. that's really, it's okay, it's fifth place, and I was like, man, I actually vowed to myself, that'll never happen again, but what happened that weekend, while I was there, at the all-region jazz band, the guy was yeah. telling me about the University of, about the University of North Texas, and he was telling me how great of a music program, because I was telling him I wanted to go to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And you were like, a junior at the time. I was a junior, yeah, so I still had plenty of time, but he was like, yeah, you know, you should really look into going to North Texas. It's around the corner. You, yeah. you know, it, it's a great jazz program. It's a good music program. You should yeah. take a look at it. But he said, but I got to tell you, like, you got to get your chop classical chops up because it's a hard school. Like, it's, you know, they really take that classical music seriously. And I was telling them, I had never played classical music before. So I wasn't exactly sure. So you're, what, 15, 16? I was 16. Yeah, okay. uh, I was about 16 at that time. Yeah, man. So... I don't know. So that was the that it was a seed. I'll say that it kind of planted a seed in my mind. I knew about North Texas before that. I had never heard of it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where that started. So after high school, I mean, I had a scholarship to Berkeley, and I was gonna go to Berkeley, but my mom was just like, I mean, I just really, I don't want you that far away from home. You know, can, can I drive you up to North Texas and we just take a look around the campus? I mean, let's fast forward two years from that story, or about a year and a half or whatever. Okay. So I've just graduated high school. And I'm getting ready for college. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were getting ready to send me up to Boston. And she's, this is July. You know, school wow. starts in August. And she was like, you know, please, Dang, please, you know, can, I, can we just go take a look at North Texas? So I went up there, man. And, I, you know, I'm getting, at this point, I'm still practicing every day in high mm -hmm. school. And we get there and we go to the College of Music. Auditions are already done to accept people. But we find the, the jazz piano professor. We find his office. And... We knock on the door, he's there, it's during the summer, but he's there, and my mom's like, can my son audition for you? I know, you know, I know auditions are over, but can he just oh. play for you? <laughs> Only through the, 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 what do you call, 
<laughs> now I'm at a loss for words. Only a parent, though. Yeah. Only yeah. a loving parent. Like, hey, mom, auditions are over. It's cool. I'll catch it next semester. It's fine. <laughs> That's amazing. But, You're like all embarrassed. Right, right. right. No, no. <laughs> so I sit down, man, and I, I play. I forgot what I played. I didn't really know anything about jazz at this point. I played jazzy because I was playing in church. So it was kind of oh, right. jazzy, but right. I couldn't tell you, like, take the A train. I didn't know anything about form, nothing about any of so you so weren't when, playing a standard. I wasn't playing a standard. Right. I was just playing at this point. I'm not even sure what I was playing. It was probably right. something gospel-esque or whatever. But he was like, you know, he said, I, you, sound, you sound really good. I think, I think you would do well here. So he wrote a note for us to take to the admissions office. And he said he was admitting me into the College of Music. And he said, you still have to get into the college. But that was no problem. Good yeah. grades and all that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, transcripts were good. Yeah, transcripts were good. I mean, man, that was probably... Let's say that was Thursday. Come Monday, I was going to orientation. It was that quick. <laughs> Again, only th the word is tenacity. Man, tenacity. The tenacity it's of a, pa a proud parent. <laughs> Come Monday, I was going to orientation. A week later, I was moving into a dorm. And that's how it started. Wow. Man. And how far was North Texas from where you lived? So between high school, like I actually transferred high school. It was my senior year. We moved from Wichita Falls, which is about two and a half hours outside of Dallas. We moved to Dallas. So now it's about 35, 40 minutes from my parents' house. That's so it? That was it. Of course you, your parents wanted you to go exactly. down your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, As yeah. opposed to going all the way up to Boston. Yeah. So I wanted, but it was far enough to where they weren't going to get in the car and come down. <laughs> so so you still had some it, I was autonomy. autonomy. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, great. Yeah. So yeah. That was, that's, how I, that's how I started in music. I think that's my, you know, my college. So I went to college for, for piano. Uh, like the guy said, though, it was classical music was important, man, that versatility, and I didn't take it, so I wound up in remedial classical piano, if you'd call it, but they actually called it secondary piano, but I call it remedial. Um, that would, that would, that, well, I would start there. Right. <laughs> or even below that. But, so the, the point of this is like you get your classical chops up yeah, so you'd be ready intense. for it. I had to be a classical concentration major for two years. That's the way North Texas was. It's not wow. like that anymore. But I, I love this story, though. Yeah, this is yeah. a good story. Yeah. Yeah. You... I was just telling you this the other day. Yeah, man. I, thank you. Oh, that's oh, okay. No that's problem. perfect. Thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> thank you. Oh, this is perfect. Thank well, you. May I have more coffee? Anything, please? Yes. Thank you. So let me say this. Classical piano for me was always a trip because I took it in, in college in my first year. But as a guitarist, I'm used to playing everything together. You guys have some classical piano for guitars? Right. Well, I mean, as a music major. Right, right, It's just, you know, the primary. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah. So as a guitarist, I'm, I'm, I'm fretting. Thank, Thank you, you so much, dude. I'm fretting notes with my fretting hand, and I'm plucking those same notes with my uh, right hand, right? So we're basically doing the same thing at the same time. Something mm -hmm. piano, it's totally the opposite. It really is. Both yeah. hands are 100% independent, oftentimes, <sighs> and that is a mind yeah, yeah, that really yeah, screws with your yeah. mind. So I can I can relate to that. So please, I love this part of the story. Man, and then but to not have grown up in that, you know, like I right. I've never taken classical piano. Now I had piano class in high school. I did do that, but when I tell you, my teacher's name was Miss Watson. When I tell you, man, I kicked and I pushed and I fought her tooth and nail. And she said, you know, North Texas. No, 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 no. This oh, is oh, in, oh, high school. in high school. So right. I practiced what I wanted to practice. Yeah. And uh, she, was, she was like, Erskine, one day you're going to need, you know, you you're going to need this stuff that I'm trying to teach you. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to play gospel music and I don't need to know. That's what I thought. That's what I, I, and I told her that. I, 
later on, like years later, I went back to that high school and I apologized. I gave her the biggest hug and I oh, apologized. She was just trying good to, for you. she was trying to make my life easier, but I fought her. So anyways, I wound up in <laughs> secondary classical piano in college. I only did that for one semester because I was a quick study and I really pra- like practicing, like I know how to practice. So Yeah, but you have to elaborate that because when Erskine says he's a quick study, he really is. I am not going to attest to that. We, yesterday, just two days ago, we uh, had a rehearsal with Babyface uh, where we had to recreate a whole entire classical intro. On the spot. On the spot. Yeah. Uh, where basically the boss, Babyface, says, yeah, why don't you guys play that live? And we all looked at each other like, um, that piece was written, arranged, recorded by a 60-some-odd piece yeah. orchestra. So, of course... We're not in the business of making excuses. We're in the business of getting make things it, done. Make it happen. So, yeah, Erskine jumped on the harp. and the, I think you took the cellos mm-hmm. and violas. And Clifton, Clifton took, took the, violins, the first and second and the, violins. And, and he played a different harp line. Then I also took the timpanis as well. God, that's right. It, I mean, it, it actually turned out very, very well. So when you Super say you're surprised. a quick study, number one, he's not lying. Number two, all of this preparation that you had... Mm -hmm. in these formative years really does pay off and I want to show that to aspiring professional musicians out there even though you think something might not be necessary it's not a waste of time just do it anyway it's not a waste of time (laughs) just get it done right it's going to help you in the future guaranteed absolutely yeah so man I wound up in secondary piano for um, one semester and I got out of it I had to play some Bach and uh, some two-part invention stuff. That's it was easy though, stuff. But it's yeah. beautiful. It was beautiful stuff. Yeah. And, and it got my mind accustomed to this is now college. Right. So I wound up being a classical piano major. And the way North Texas was, then you had to do two years of classical piano before you could start your jazz piano, which is what I was there for. Mm. I was there to study jazz piano. And, man, when I tell you, I wound up doing like three and a half years of classical piano because I could not pass the proficiencies at the end of the semester. And there was one towards the very end. Like every, so they would give me about five classical pieces every semester that I would have to play. And at the end of the semester in like December, right before Christmas, you can't even enjoy Christmas because you're practicing. <laughs> so right before Christmas, I mean, you got these proficiencies and you walk and you're sweating and you're clammy. Oh, because you know, like your whole semester of working, like it, it comes down to these four judges that are sitting in there and they listen to you play. And either you pass or you don't, there's no grade. Like it's a pass fail. Five pieces. Five pieces. You have to perform all five pieces before the All five the pieces committee. and scales, major scales and all and all keys, four octaves, minor scales, minor, minor scales, scales yeah. all all keys and four octaves, arpeggios, arpeggios all keys, major, minor, major and four minor, octaves, and cadences, cadences, and all the cadences, diminished scales and all keys, and your seventh chord, like one, three, five, flat seven, the dominant, your dominant scales and all twelve keys. You didn't know which one they were going to call, and it's at tempo, so they would count it off one. B flat one sixteen notes eight three four that was four octaves you have no four octaves up and down all those scales all those arpeggios you had no idea which one they were going to call until you sat down and they would say G one two and that's this is your final exam can I tell you something I'm chomping at the bit to say this I'm such a college professor I really am I missed my calling. It's not never too late, but I didn't get a, a degree. This is how I trained my daughter to play piano. Are you serious? At ten, she knows all. She's gonna have a. She complex. knows all major and minor scales <laughs> in all twelve keys with arpeggios and cadences. Double handed. Really? Yes. 
You're a drill master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I love it. I get excited You're the by career that kind musician. of stuff. <laughs> she doesn't stand a chance. She's 12. She can sit down and not only recite the circle of fifths, but play through it in two octaves. That's but crazy. if you can do two octaves, you can do four. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, same thing. <clears throat> and she could do it up to, up to speed. That is insane. That's so college I love that. level. So she, is it? Yeah, that's college <laughs> level that's stuff. College Man. <laughs> because my, my belief is like this. If you're going to play a song, I want you to understand what key the song is is in, but why it's in that. Like, yeah. in other words, I, well, this song is in B flat, but what does that mean, Dad? Right, 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 exactly. Excuse me. Well, B flat is very different from F sharp. Yep. How's it you composed? Know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway, those types of things. So, wow, this is great, man. Yeah. So, right, let me let me hurry so, up and get out of yeah, yeah, hurry no. up and get out of college. Well, I love, but I love this story. So, tell us the crux of this story because you helped change the face of how North Texas State. Operates for in this capacity. Majors. Yeah, 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 man. We're talking about North mm-hmm. Texas State, the one univer- of the they most call it prestigious. The University of North Texas. The now. University of North, yeah. one of the most prestigious music schools mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, yeah. So tell us that. So, my one one of the semesters, I wound up failing. Um, I mean, because when you go into these, they're called juries. When you go in, there's four professors sitting there, and your private instruction teacher, they can come in there with you. So she sits there, and she takes her notes so we can talk about it afterwards. And, man, I I just knew I got in there. I killed it. I I did great. I did great. And then um, so they sent me out in the hallway while they talked with her. Mm -hmm. She comes out, and she tells me, you failed. And I was like, whoa, 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 why? This was was supposed to be my last one before I started my jazz studies. And I was like, why? So why you were so excited? I was excited. And she said, you failed because you didn't pay attention. This is what the jury said. You didn't pay attention. You were playing a Bach fugue. And at the time, Bach was written on harpsichord. That's he, there was, piano wasn't around when Bach was writing. Yeah. So because of the, and you used a pedal. You were using a pedal to sustain your notes. You didn't pay attention to the detail of the to music. the markings. You didn't, well, not even the markings, just, just the, the stylistic character uh. of, the, of the music. If you're playing Bach, you don't use pedal. But you use the pedal, which means that you didn't really study this semester. Pay more attention to detail and try again. Oh my goodness. So I was just like, what in the world? They couldn't like, just give you that note and move you on? That's what, no, no, I failed my last one. So, so I had to, I, so, so the way it worked at the time, I don't know how it works now, if you fail a semester, which is why it took me three and a half years to get out, if you fail a semester of classical piano, you go back to secondary for a semester, then you have to redo the semester that you failed. It puts you a year behind. That's kind of absurd. That's why I was the first African American to ever get out of that program. Most people at that point, I quit. Let me just. No, you got out of it successfully. I was the first yeah. one to get my undergraduate you, jazz piano degree because I didn't quit. You finished it put it. you a year right. behind. Yeah. So I did. It put me a year behind. That's why it took me five and a half years to graduate instead of just, you know, four years, four and a half years or whatever. But I got out of there. And after I, I mean, you know, so I stuck with it. I went back. I did my semester of secondary. I actually did it. I asked my professor if I could do it during the summer so it's not a full semester. You know, summer classes still count as semester, but it's only five weeks. Right. So I, I, mean, I had to bust my butt. I had to learn five more pieces. Well, it was actually, secondary is only like three pieces. Okay. So I had to learn three pieces during the summer. A week and a half per piece. Yeah, something like that. It's still hard. It's but, still hard. But I, I got through it. And then, the, you know, that following fall, then I, I, I redid the semester that I had failed. And then I was on to my jazz studies. But, man, after I got through that, I I had a real conversation with them in North Texas. And I was like, man, could you imagine what it would be like to be a classical piano major 
who's coming to North Texas to study classical piano, but the rule is before you can study classical piano, you have to do two semesters do of two. jazz piano. They wouldn't be able they wouldn't to do, do it. it. They wouldn't be able to do it. It's impossible, but that was the requirement you, for you us. You can't encapsulate Bud Powell, Oscar Peterson, and these type of... Of, yeah. of musical giants yeah. within two semesters if you've never played the genre never, before. Which is exactly what it was trying to be, and I get it's it. It's the same for classic. How can, you, how can you really fully ingest? The scales, arpeggios, I get that. That's important. That's that. your foundation. You have to have right. that. But everything but else, Chopin, and, and you failed because you used the sustained pedal. Like It was that kind of a thing. So now, I mean, I, I wasn't the only person complaining. I was, I'm the first African-American to get through it. But now at North Texas, the last time I checked, you now do your jazz studies and your classical studies concurrently. Yeah, but you're responsible for that. Tell, I, I, say it like you told me the other day. It started the semester after I left. This is how Erskine, because he's humble, he's not going to say it on, on, on uh, recording. I'll say it for him. Yeah. Because you're humble, you said, oh, you said I was the first African-American mm -hmm. to complete the classical piano program yep. before I went on to the jazz program. Correct. And I am single-handedly yep. responsible for changing the way <laughs> they have their policies Nomad, now. Nomad <laughs> embellishes, but that's, that, I was the first African-American to get my undergraduate jazz piano degree from North Texas, right. completing everything that they required of me at the time. So Which that is was, impressive, first that of was, all. Man, because so that's what it was, yeah. You, you succeeded in making a point to the that, staff. That's really what, that's why it's I couldn't a, quit. Yeah, it's like saying, look, it's not that we can't do it, it's that, that's what you told me the other day, you said, I wasn't raised mm -hmm. on classical music. And so most African Americans only... aren't. That's the thing, yeah, yeah. we're not, so. But, uh, you know, quite on the other side of the spectrum, most African Americans are raised with a, a, a really strong gospel foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. super cool that you have, but now what I said to you is, Think of it. You have this amazing gospel foundation. Now you have the the intense classical foundation, and you morphed it all into jazz. And then now you play pop and R and B and everything else. I mean, I don't even you, use the classical jazz part of it, but yes, it's there. You do. I mean, I do. You just used it two you, days you're, ago. You're absolutely. <laughs> I don't use it on a daily basis, but you're absolutely right. right. It's it's there. Mm -hmm. If we need to call on it, we can use it. Yeah, man. So that's 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 where I started out. Graduated. And then I was like, wow, let me do my master's. I'm on a roll. And I yeah. did like a year of my master's. And I said, man, yeah. this isn't for me anymore. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm ready to get out into the world. I'm ready to, to give this a try. So I moved up to New York City. And I was there. You moved to New York. Oh, what? that's oh. impressive, too, that you man, had and, that. And you know what? It, again, I, tenacity. Man, that's what it was. So I, I moved to Dallas my senior year of high school. So I'm not saying, like, I didn't really know a bunch of people there. Yeah. But I'm saying... There were a couple of gigs there, and there were all like Kirk Franklin was one of the of biggest course, gigs in Dallas, and Erica Badu was one mm -hmm. of the biggest gigs in Dallas. And now there's some other artists out of Dallas as well. I think Leon Bridges is from Dallas. There's there's a, there's a whole bunch of people from Dallas now, but right. this was like 2004, 2005. It was Erica Badu and Kirk Franklin were the two biggest gigs that I knew of right. that I would want to do. And nobody was getting on those gigs, especially me, because I was like, nobody knew who I was. You know, I was yeah, high school. No, nobody knew who I was yet. And even in college, or whatever, I didn't really go out because I was a music major. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna focus. So you have to study. So <laughs> you have to I was practice. Like, Man, 
If I sit around Dallas and wait for somebody to put me on a gig, more than likely, it's never going to happen. You'll play at church, and then you'll, you'll, and you won't really get the, into it. The term the, that yeah. I use with uh, my mentor, was, I was like, Jamar, I don't want to be, Jamar Jones is my mentor. I said, I don't want to be a local yokel. That's what yeah, I said. I, I love that term. I don't want to be a local, local yokel. yokel. I want to yeah. travel. I want to do this thing. Yeah. How do I do it was like, man, you should get out of here then. Go do, go, go somewhere else. Yeah. So, man, I packed up. I packed up my stuff. I moved up to uh, Woodbridge, New Jersey. That's as close as I could get that was affordable. And sure. I have family there, so I stayed with some family. And, uh, man, I was on that train every day. I was going to say, did you commute into the city? Every single That's day. That's the trick. Man. If you don't go in mm -hmm. yeah. and feel what that city is like. Yeah, you got you to do it yeah. every day. You got to suffer just, through Not it. when you have a gig. I mean every day. And if I didn't have a gig, I was at a jam session. Okay. But I tried to have a gig every day. No matter whose band it was, I was on Craigslist. You need a keyboard player. Do you need a keyboard Good player? Whoever it is. I, it doesn't matter if it pays or not. At this point... Well, that's a money thing, but we'll talk about no, that. No, but that's amazing. Yeah. You you don't less yeah. It didn't matter how much so I paid. My first thing was to get my foot in the door in New York City and like, to get you know, the experience of New York City. Yeah, you can't be picky and choosy. It's any gig. That's why you're such a good player to this day, though, because you went through this boot camp. Not yeah, only of uh, what do they call it, North Texas uh, yeah. University, what life. You? University of North Texas. University of North Texas. Like, University of North Texas. 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 NTSU, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you had that, which is, again, upper echelon training. Mm -hmm. And then you went to New York, again, upper echelon real world training. Yeah. So now you have both. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a toolkit that's unparalleled. You, you can't pay for that kind of knowledge. No. Man. You can't pay for it. You just got to live it. But so we were talking about being in the right place at the right time yes. in college. Uh, man, I went to this rehearsal. There was this artist that was going to be in town. Man, it was a big gospel artist at the time, and he was. I guess they were putting a band together from Dallas, and I was just like, man, I want to go to this rehearsal. So I hit up a friend of mine who knew what church they were going to be rehearsing at, and, and it was like ten o'clock at night. It was a late night rehearsal or whatever, and I I went with my friend, and I was just sitting there, man, and I was listening to the rehearse, and it sounded great. The band was great. And then I guess the artist was like, because he brought his own music director, but there was supposed to be a secondary keyboard player. There was supposed to be somebody else. And the secondary keyboard player didn't show up to that rehearsal. The concert was the next, the next night. And he was like, hey, man, like contractually, there's supposed to be another keyboard player here. Where's the keyboard player? And I guess the promoter, whoever the guy was, was like, <laughs> I don't know. He just didn't show up. And they're like, no, man, this ain't going to fly. That's yeah, not we, need a, we need another keyboard player. Yeah. That's not what we talked about yet. And I was sitting in the, and I was just there at the rehearsal because I wanted to be there. And I was like, I, I, I could do it. <laughs> do you look around the room, raise your hand. Because I was the only person. I was the only person. I was like, man, get this guy the music. So, man, I really? Yeah. I went back to my dorm. I was still in the dorms. Yeah. I went back to my dorm, man. It was probably 1 a.m. by the time I got back to my dorm. Stayed up from 1 a.m. I, I, I think it was, a, it was a, that was a Friday night. So I stayed up until like 8 o'clock in the morning learning all 14 songs it was a bunch of music and it was hard it was the dude's concert of course so i learned it all wrote it whatever charts i needed to write yeah. man got a couple of hours of sleep i think soundcheck was at like noon or something oh, boy. like that man. Yeah, you're it pushing was, it yikes i went to soundcheck man went to the concert that night played that show so that was my first and you crushed it and it crushed it man i mean i was a secondary keyboard player See? guy so i wasn't caring anything but that's that but. career musician mentality and the proactive yeah. approach yep yeah. You know what the definition of luck is. Preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah. You were prepared. First of all, let's, let's examine this. You, you had the skill set to not only learn the music by ear, because nobody charted it for you, 
But then you had the skill set to chart it for yourself so you mm -hmm. wouldn't forget it during the show. Then you had the, the business acumen to know that if I just go and be prepared, something good know. might happen. You never know. Yeah. Yep. Right? And then you had the discipline to stay up all night Can't and go really to sleep. shed the music. Learn you also had the discipline later. to show up on time yeah. to sound check. And yep. show. So in other words, you, you're hitting all the major points of a successful career musician without being told. Yep. It's not as easy for some of us, but that's a great story. Who is the artist? Tone. Tone, I remember Tone. Of course. Yeah. 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 I think it goes by B Slade now. B Slade, that, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, Tone, yeah, yeah. Tone at the time. Yeah. But man, it was a good it was a good concert, man. It was I mean he's a monster. Amazing. So it was a, that was a good concert. So <laughs> fast forward now, I'm living in New York and a friend of mine was Chris Michelle's music director. Gotcha. And I guess remember we talked about a lot of a lot of guys, they'll go you know, they go on the road first and then they wanna go back to college later. Right. The keyboard player for Chrisette Michelle, he went from the military. This is where mm. I, I know that the music director, he was in the military and I knew him from church. Mm. But then when he got out of the military, he started traveling. I don't know how he got in, but he still, he, still, he was a touring musician. And uh, I remember when he got the Chrisette Michelle gig, he was like, hey man, I'm gonna be, you know, touring with Chrisette Michelle. And at the time, I was like, man, I'm quitting college. Here I come. I'm on my way. He's like, no, okay. no, no. He said, no, no, no. You, he said, finish, you finish college. I was like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm on my way to New York. He said, man, finish college First. when you get out of college. Then. I got you. And okay. That, so, you know, so That's when I got amazing. Up, and that was like three years before I got there. So yeah, I finished college. I started my master's. I forgot all about that. So by the time I got there... You know, he he did. He I was like, man, I'm here in the city or whatever. I'm just doing gigs and whatever. He was like, man, our keyboard player is actually going back to college. He wants to go to college now, and we don't have a keyboard we player. We have a slot. We have a slot. Would you like to come out and play? And man, so yeah, that was that was my first gig. And you know how gigs, you know, I go mm -hmm. in and I do what I do. You know how that goes. Man, mm -hmm. I learn my music, go in mm -hmm. and play. She wasn't disappointed. Yada yada yada. Yeah. You keep your mouth shut. Keep my mouth your, shut. Your I do eyes my and ears wide yeah, open. Man, yeah, man. I want to. I mean, I was on that gig for like six, seven years. Man. Yeah. So, and that was my first gig. From that gig, normally, once you get your foot in the door in one place, it's easy to mm -hmm. jump from gig to gig. It's like a, you know, an endorsement kind of. Oh, this guy knows what he's doing for the most part. That's right. So, I went from that gig to. Um, I was on Twitter and saw that this girl named Zendaya, I had never heard of her before, mm -hmm. was auditioning a band. I mean, like now, she's like the biggest thing from Disney and the, right. like she's in the Spider-Man movies and the right. whole thing. So I sent an email, I was like, I want to audition, can yeah. I audition? Man, when I got to that audition, I realized that, and it, by this time I was playing, I had been playing with Chrisette Michelle for two years. Yeah. I realized that a lot of the top guys, I had to fly, I had moved back to Dallas by now. I was going to ask you, so you had to fly to L.A. for the audition? I, I yeah. had to fly myself to L.A. Yeah. So, Let's talk about all So that. I was living in New York, started working with Chrisette Michelle. Yeah. Didn't want to live in New York anymore, realized that no matter what gigs we were doing with Chrisette Michelle, we were always flying anyways. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm moving back to Dallas. It's not yeah. necessary to live in New York. You got the school and you needed. I got the gig. Yeah, got you the know. gig. I, I'm good to go You got home your butt now. kicked on the exactly. streets of New York exactly. a little bit. <laughs> got my foot in the door. I yeah, moved yeah. back to Dallas. Yeah. But I never stopped just like, all right, cool. I got one gig. I'm chilling now. That right, just wasn't right. my mentality. Course, yeah, I want to stay as busy as possible because this is my career. Like that's one right. source of income isn't good for, you know, that's that's not good for business. That's if she right. decides to take, you know, some months off or, you know, some of the artists I work with, they'll do one or two shows a year. Like, and I've, yeah, that's. 
So right. anyway, man, so I, you know, I was on Twitter at the time, and she was, Zendaya was looking for a band, so I sent her my thing, and, and I got a, you know, this is where the audition is, yada, yada, yada. I showed up. I thought, I'm like, man, I hope I get it. There's going to be so many people there, and yada, yada. There weren't that many keyboard players that showed up, and what I realized was, the more auditions I would do, I realized that the top guys don't go to auditions. <laughs> so I was like, I could actually use this to my advantage if I'm not too proud, if I'm, if I'm willing to go to auditions, man. man, you can really clean up because for the most part, the top guys aren't gonna go. So, Pay attention and yeah. find out where you could fit in the cracks. That's in, the moral exactly. of the story. That, that. Yes. So any yes. audition, I'm not too proud to go to an yes. audition because for the most part, like yes. you're, you're not gonna be up against the tough people. You're gonna be up against people who love that artist the second like, and third string the second and third string fourth, fourth string, string maybe maybe people who like don't really play at all but they had oh they just, like, yeah. i'm gonna go play for so-and-so who have no chance who have just, no chance yeah. but they're filling up the space yes. so you might even show up and see a crazy line don't be intimidated by that because That's chances right. are like there's not that many professional musicians anyway great but Man. that's a yeah. great observation yeah. that's and a great a theory, mindset, philosophy to have on that. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Again, so young, and, but so wisdom-filled. That's pretty Man, impressive. Man, it was just some observations some I was observations, finding. Yeah. Man, I, I showed up to the audition. I auditioned, and her dad was there, man. Um, okay. And uh, he's like... Wow, you know, he's like, oh, geez, you can really. I'm by this time, I have a college degree in this. I've been touring in New York. You've been playing in church. I was at the Come Potter's on. house with TD Jakes. And, you know, you got so, every area yeah. covered. So yeah. like this, this is easy. Like yeah. she was 17 at the yeah, time. Yeah. We're playing, she might yeah. have been 16. We're playing pop yeah. music and whatever. Yeah. Easy stuff. So I made the callback list the next day. You know, there was probably only now like it's dwindled down from like 50 keyboard players to like maybe 10 keyboard yeah. players so i'm sitting outside of it's like a guitar center in was it woodland hills yeah, yeah. guitar center sure. studio or whatever sure. so i'm sitting outside just waiting for them to open the doors for the audition her dad pulls up in his beamer rolls down the window young man come come jump in the car with me come come take a ride with me so we, and this is like before the callback so i jump yeah. in the car with them and he was like all right, uh, I want you to be our keyboard player. I mean, yeah. this is before we audition again. Yeah. He's like, so what's it going to cost me to get you? And that was the, he's like, I'm going to have you audition with everybody else today, but like, just what, what, You're the what, guy. what what's your price? So by this time. Excuse me, I have to do this yeah. with the pinky on the corner of the mouth. <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> yeah. But by, by this time, uh, so this was 2013 in the summer. I earlier, like maybe two weeks before I went to the audition. I still went, but yeah. earlier that summer I got a phone call from Adam Blackstone ah. and he just called me out of the blue. And I, I met him the year before. Sure. We did some work together, like, you know, so I did some, I wrote some charts for him and I did some arranging for him, but sure. we had never worked together per se. But he called me, he's like, man, how are your hip hop chops? And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, I, yeah. I could play hip hop. Yeah. I had never played a hip hop gig before. He was like, okay, well, you know, I got some of my top guys. I think that year, Justin Timberlake was out on tour with Jay-Z. So he's like, I got my top guys, like my A-list guys. They're out with Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake this summer. So it's kind of leaving a hole. Can you, I got some dates with Eminem coming up. Could you, could you fill in with Eminem? And I was like, 
I've, I've never played hip hop before, but I can do it. Of course. And that was, you know, so man, so I already knew that I was going to be heading out with Eminem shortly, like right after this Zendaya audition. So yeah. when her dad said, you know, come jump in the car with me, what's going to cost? And I was like, man, to be honest with you, I, I just accepted a gig with Eminem, so I'll be touring with him for a while. So I thought, I thought they would just go with another keyboard player and that would be it. So he's yeah. like, you know what, actually, that's fine. We, we can work with this. So I'm gonna have another keyboard. I'm gonna have a sub for you. We'll right. have him start the, this tour off with Zendaya, and when you get back, he can go you're home, and you're the guy. And that was kind of. And that's out. what happened. Yeah, yeah. We'll send right. him home, and you're you're the guy. So, so I, I told him my price, and man, that was you know. Well, let's break this down because yeah. for the for the average person listening, whether you realize it or not, like I said, I, average. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it, it, perhaps in the less experienced career musician, um, there's a lot of different things that are happening within this. 10 minute scenario here. First of all, for those who aren't experienced and haven't done these gigs, but who are aspiring to, first of all, Erskine has something that we call confidence, right? But confidence is not to be misconstrued with arrogance because mm -hmm. you are not in the least bit way arrogant. You are confident. You are confident, <clears throat> but not arrogant. Right. And that is the key. So that means that you know you know that you know your stuff, quote unquote, right? right. I try to. And you're confident in your abilities and your skills. You're not arrogant, you don't walk around showboating. Right. Oh, I'm the best, I could do this. So that's the difference, number one. People detect that, like Zendaya's father, right. Adam Blackstone, right, other right. people, they're gonna detect, oh, this guy must really know his stuff because not only does he have the qualifications on paper, but you can tell in the way he carries himself. Right. Okay, so that's the difference between confidence and arrogance. I've never, I guess I've right? never thought about it in that yes. way, but I guess, yeah. That, that's and it's the same thing that, that I, was, I was piqued by, it piqued my interest. I was like, oh, so my point is, number one, he has that working for him. Number two, I speak of you like you're not sure. Hi, this is keyboardist and music director Erskine Hawkins, and I've toured with Zendaya, Rihanna, Eminem, Babyface, and Brian McKnight, and you're listening to the Career Musician Podcast with my brother, Nomad. Subscribe to the Career Musician on Apple Podcasts. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Subscribe to the brand new Career Musician YouTube channel, now streaming all of the Career Musician podcast episodes. Number, number two, I keep coming back to the business acumen, which we're going to tackle next. Yeah. When the father of Zendaya said to you, okay, what, what is it going to cost? You didn't squirm. Right. So because you have this confidence in yourself and in your abilities, you didn't... Go like, oh, I don't know, Mr. So-and-so. Right, right, Whatever right, you right, think right. you want to pay me. Yeah, oh, you I'm just happy to have a gig. Yeah, you okay. can't do that. Let's talk about that because so oftentimes musicians, when it comes to negotiating a, a rate, that's when they lose it. Yeah. Now, you could be too arrogant and blow it because you think you are God's gift to your instrument and then you just blow it that way. Or you could be too humble and you have this self-deprecation complex where you think... Oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm just happy to have a gig. Yeah. So those will, are the far extremes. Yeah, exactly. Blow for you. So talk about, and, and without divulging the number, right, right, right. you don't have to divulge the number, but talk about that conversation and how you handled that. Man, well, I think the first thing I did when he brought it up was the first thing I did was I was honest. That's the very first thing. Um, 
and I learned this from a, another mentor. Well, from from Great Adam point. from Adam Blackstone. I, talk, okay. I know you had him on the show before. That's right. That's right. He's fantastic. Man, he is super knowledgeable when it comes to that's like right. just this whole area. He said, "Man, no matter what you do, always be upfront." Glass, how right. can you work with all these artists at one time and that's right. and nobody be upset that you're not here and whatever you know? He's like, "Man, I've always got to be honest with them and 100%. tell them this is what my schedule is. I'm not available for these days." Yada yada yada. So. When this, when he asked me, you know, I was like, well, just so you know, I won't be available. I'm not available at this time. So he said, that's fine. We can work around that. What's your number? Then I said, you know, if, if you if you overshoot it, then they could be like, mm-hmm. well, you're too expensive right. and just let, you know. But if you undershoot it, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take, you know. And, and that's they a, could take it for granted. Yeah, they'll take it, yeah. they'll take it for granted. I mean, they'll, they'll scoop you up so quick. And it's like, oh, that yeah, was yeah. easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If somebody ever was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Then you probably undershot it, mm-hmm. and, you know, just so you know. So I started with a number that's comfortable for me, okay. that, like, you know, that makes sense to me. This is a weekly rate? A weekly rate. Okay. I started with a weekly rate that made sense to me. And I said, this is what I normally make for a week. This is my normal weekly rate. I get mm-hmm. my own hotel room, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, and, and just in case it spooked him, it scared him. I mean, because at that time, the weekly rate that I quoted, was, it was a little, you know, it was, it was pricey. A little on the high end, yeah. But that was on purpose, though, because right. I wasn't sure what it was paying. So I overshot it, and I followed the overshot with, but, you know, but if that's over budget, I'm, you know, I'm definitely Let me flexible. Know. I'm, I'm flexible to a negotiable. Things are negotiable. Yeah. Did you hear that, everybody? Yeah. He overshot on purpose. On purpose. Because he wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You're leaving yourself. A, room, a gap, a cushion. But let's negotiate. If you yes. want to talk me down, talk me down. If yeah. not, then you're going to accept it. And I'm super happy because right. I didn't think I was going to get that in the first place. Right. I didn't, right. I didn't get that. He talked me down. But what was cool is, you know, so I started the gig with Zendaya. I was with her for a while. And the next year, there were some changes in the band. I wound up being her music director. And they let me bring in you know, my guys or whatever, I wound up getting what I quoted the first time. There you go. Oh, yeah, and you yeah. brought in your team. I, and I brought in my team. Uh, so I, I, I did I did eventually get there, but when they brought me in as a keyboard player, I didn't get that. Right. Yeah, when, when I switched over, you know, I, I did get there and more. So it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a cool, it was a cool gig. So at that time, then now I'm working with Zendaya. I was working with Eminem. I was still working with Chris Michelle. And then... The next year, Eminem and Rihanna announced that they were going to do a tour together since Adam Blackstone was the music director for both. Instead of having two bands, you know, two bands out, why he not? was just like, why don't we just use one band and the same band? You know, it was a big, mm-hmm. it was a much big bigger band. band yeah. But he said, why don't we use, you know, one band? So I wound up being in the band with Eminem. Of course, I was doing that gig and now with Rihanna, Rihanna. which was cool, man. So for that year, we tried, they toured together. Mm-hmm. So it was Eminem and Rihanna and that was a good tour. And then I would, I would finish the show. It was called the Monster Tour. So I would yeah. finish that, you know, a show with Eminem and Rihanna. Then I would fly into a show with Zendaya. Wow. And then I would fly from there and go do a show with Chrisette Michelle. Talking and about a career musician. The, man, it was a cool, it was really cool. That's the neat. epitome of yeah. a career musician. And But then the next year, Eminem didn't do any shows. Okay. So that's, th- this is where, like, saving yes. your money. Great like, segue. Can, Let's talk about that. He didn't do any So he does zero shows. shows, so now all of a sudden your workload starts to die down. It because, dies down. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. How, how do you deal with that, Erskine? Man, well, <laughs> one, of the, one of the most important things uh, I learned from, from childhood was to always have a savings. Wow. Always save. And we don't ever know as career musicians. And we don't always know where the next paycheck nope. is going to come. Play, playing in church does help sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, but now where a I am in life. A steady gig anywhere. Yeah. A steady gig anywhere helps. But now where I am in life, I actually don't play in church anymore because I've learned how to balance my money. Also being married helps. 
It's so important. So we covered negotiating. We covered, you know, juggling schedule. Mm -hmm. And the, the primary area is honesty, you know, yeah. for both of those. Got to be. Uh, now let's talk about managing money. And this perhaps is one of the most difficult for us. There's times when we can make five figures in one month. Absolutely. And look at our, our spouses or our significant others and get all happy and be like, wow, look what we made. And then for the next six <laughs> you months, nothing. you're lucky if you make a grand each month. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's not just me. Oh, right. no, okay. I've been there before, trust it's me. It's not just me. And although, you know, I am 47, there's times where it still happens. It just mm -hmm. happens. It's mm -hmm. just part of the nature of the, the business. ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. And yeah. you can ask anybody. I've asked some of the greatest composers in LA, and they say, hey, man, work comes in seasons. Just know that. Mm -hmm. If you if you, if you well prepare, uh, uh, Jermaine Franco, wonderful composer who did Coco, oh, a movie yeah. Coco, a yeah. uh, friend of mine. I haven't seen that yet. My yeah. wife, I mean, she said, honey, oh, I, it's I a great cried. Movie. Yes, and yes, just, yes. I, didn't see, but she, she, I remember talking to her, uh, you know, maybe a year or so ago. I was asking her about a session, and she's like, yeah, you know how it is, you know, work, there's seasons, you know. Yeah. Um, right now I'm in a down season, I'm not really doing anything. Uh, you know, That's a movie, wow. Yeah, so look, it doesn't matter how big you are, how it scale, you know. Does it's Adam Blackstone have seasons? Probably. Are they as long-lived? Uh, yeah. long Probably not, where right. he goes through a dry season, or people like Ricky Minor, but you know, does it happen? Yes. Yeah. Maybe you get to a point and it stops happening. That's amazing. But for those of us who doesn't, how do we deal with it? Now, one of the things that really, again, piqued my interest with you, is I can see that not only are you tenacious, you go after it, you're proactive, you're well mindful of many, all areas of your life, but then you go and you study your student. And I love that, I've always been that same way, and, and, and meek, right? There's yeah. something about meekness that yeah. you always want to learn. And The Bible says they'll inherit the earth. And there you go. So, then you're studying the stocks, the stock market. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, and then, that's my so, hobby. so what I like about Erskine is, who says, "Oh yeah, that's my hobby, studying the stock." First of all, who says that? Second of all, <laughs> second of all, who, who says I'm going to go spend thousands of dollars to take a course yeah, yeah. from a private, excuse me, a private instructor yeah. on how to invest stock in the stock market? Coach, yeah. Well, Erskine does, and uh, you know <laughs> all these things, and I love so. Talk about it, man, because, yeah, like you said, being married helps, having children, money management. But you, you were managing your money well even yeah, before, before you had married. the family. Yeah. Well, man, I, I realized that you have to have money. My mom said don't ever let someone put you in a corner without money. Because if you're in a corner without money, then you have to take every gig that's offered to you. So well you got to have money to turn down things. You have to have enough saved. And I see a lot of people, man, when they start... People that have never had money, sometimes mm -hmm. when they get a huge influx of money, I mean, you being a, a career musician, especially because you do movies for TV and film, mm -hmm. man, some of those checks, which I, have, I haven't really done any of those, but some of those checks that these guys get from doing that stuff, I mean, you get, you know, five-figure, you can get a five-figure check at one time. Right. And there are some people who have never had money that don't know what to do with that kind of, I mean, they'll have every new pair of shoes, they'll oh, yeah. have every video no, game. No, that's they'll silly. Have, you can't. It, it's, so... What what I've unless always, sorry no. unless you know for a fact that those five and six figure checks are going to consistently come every quarter or every month. Even if that's the case, <laughs> I would wait until I have three of those five figure checks Amen. before I start spending there you any go. of it. Because yeah, that way it, it proves that they're going to come, exactly. not just oh they're going. Someone tells me they're going to come, so on the first one I go and blow it on because <laughs> no. I got more coming. Ooh, let, let, the, let the first couple of them show up first, and that's then right. go and start spending. 
But man, so yeah, I started it. Actually, I started my money management in college because my parents, they loved me so much that when they kicked me out of the house at 18 and I mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. and I went to college for the first mm-hmm. time, they also, I mean, I was, I, I was cut off complete my own phone bill, the whole nine. I paid for all of my college myself. That's how much they loved me. They, I mean, they kicked me out. They never looked back. So, See, that's amazing that you said that because so many people would misconstrue that. I was, Man, I was being sarcastic. Okay, but you were, I know, <laughs> not, I could detect not, the sarcasm. But, but I'm not, yeah. But that was love. you still did not misconstrue it. You still right. know at the core of your heart that they did love you because they taught you the most valuable lesson at 18. Yeah, got to manage money. Got to manage, you're an adult now, you got to manage your money. So I realized like my, my freshman year in college, the first couple of months that I was out on my own, because I was now out on my own, living in the dorm and whatever, mm-hmm. man, if I had all my money in one place, like if I had my savings and my checkings in the same bank, mm. man, I, I would pull money out of my savings and transfer it to every, my checkings. I would week. do it every single time. I, yeah. want, I want something. I want this. I want this. Yeah. So I was like, how can I not do that? And especially infomercials, man. I was t- If I saw an infomercial or something, I, I was... You were on the hook. I was on the hook. You sound like me. That's why I'm excited. I'm this the same knife, way. This knife cuts. <laughs> You can just you can cut through metal with this knife. I was ordering stuff for no reason just because I had the money. To Look do at this it. rubber band set. Exactly. Wait, what? You bought a rubber? Yeah, but because you don't understand, they're so versatile. These pots and pans right here, you can. I mean, they won't burn your food. You don't have to spray any cooking. I was like, yo, I had so much junk because I had the money to afford it. It was the craziest thing. But I was like, how can I stop? How can I stop, stop myself? Because I had to be my own voice of reason. Right. So what I realized is. If I, if I had my money in the same bank, yeah. my, checkings, my savings account, my checkings account in the same bank, I would transfer the money over. Yeah. So I set up my, I, I, I opened a different bank. I was with Bank of America. I opened a Chase Bank account, Smart. put my savings account in Chase. Chase Bank. And as soon as I, well, here's a card to access your money, sir. I took some scissors and I cut it up. I cannot transfer money from yeah. one account to the other unless I physically go into my savings account and, and take the money take as the cash money and put it into my bank in my checking right. account. I cannot access. But that you money. can write yourself a check from the checkings account into the savings to I, save. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can do that. Right. And I could also, I forgot how I had it. And that's what, I, everything I was making at that time, I didn't have direct deposits. So everything I was making was sure. checks. So right. I would take that and I would deposit that and right. I would take a little bit of that and put it in my checkings account. Yeah. That's what I did, man. Next thing I know, you know, I think by the time I graduated college, I think I had thirteen or $14,000 I saved. Amazing. Yeah, because I wasn't touching, you know, I Amazing. knew how to separate yeah. the two. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, with that thirteen grand, you went out and bought three new keyboards, right? Man, yeah, right. Man, I didn't buy exactly. anything with that Exactly. Sorry, yeah. say that again. I didn't buy anything with that money, and that's why when I decided that's to move to New money. York after college, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I've got the money to move. I can actually do things. If you don't have money, you can't do that anything. That was your seed. Which is how I'm able to now play gigs even if they don't pay, I don't. The first thing out of my mouth is how much. Have, that's my. I'm sorry. The first thing out of my mouth isn't how much how does much, it pay. Right. How much does it pay? Like that's that's the not first important. train of thought is do I want to do this gig because I enjoy working or, with this group or, or because people. it's going to be good for my career? Good exposure. For it's something great else. exposure. Right. I don't have to think about the money aspect of it because I am now funding myself from money that Love I've it. saved. So that was the biggest. Love that was it. like the biggest thing, man. So, and I had money to be able to do whatever I wanted. It was only you know thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars at the time. Yeah. But man, so I kept that same 
that same train of thought up even once I started doing gigs. How much money do I really need to live? Mm. If I get a huge influx of, of cash, let's say we go out. Um, because some of the artists, and some artists aren't week to week. Some artists right. are, you know, it's you know, every show you do, you get a check for it. Yeah. So if I, if I come home and I've got four grand from being out for you know, a week or two with oh, this yeah. artist, how much of this money do I actually, actually need? need I don't need the whole thing. Take $1,000, put your $1,000 in the checking account. Take the $3,000, put it in the savings account. And the next thing you know, man, like, I had my, my savings account up to six figures. It was up to six figures. Wow. And that's just where, that's, what, that's when I was like, what Impressive. do I do with all this what money, do do? man? That's, yeah. that's how I got in the stock I remember market. you were talking to me you about know, what it. What do I do with it? And I was, do telling I do you, it? I was telling you, sit tight. Don't get excited because <laughs> I know it is exciting. <laughs> But yeah, invest a portion of it. But again, you have to be careful. And, and, and you know, people would say, okay, well, I saved $150,000. I'm going to go buy a house. Absolutely. Great. Well, Good. Okay. But don't take one hundred and fifty and put it down on the house. No, absolutely not. you got to save some. You still need it. You yeah. still need it. So let's say, first of all, it depends on the market you're in. If you're in L.A., good luck because one hundred and fifty is going to get you a $300,000 house. You're not right. going to go very far. So it's not going to really do anything. It'll cover your closing costs and maybe a very, very small percentage of a down payment. Yeah. But if you're in, you know, if you're within the inner states, you know, if you're in Texas and the and the Tennessees and the Georgias and, and things like that, 150 is is a lot. So maybe take 75, put it on down payment, mm -hmm. take the other 70, maybe put 25 away in what I call an EFA, emergency fund account, yep. right? And then take another 25 and maybe do the stocks. And then maybe the other 25 and put it in an IRA. There you right? go. So now you just diversified your whole, whole portfolio. It's not all in the same yeah. place. It's yeah. still safe. You know, man, yeah. that's that's the best that's way right. to do it. So so after all this, in 2015 now, Eminem is no longer, he, he's not, he took like the whole year off. So luckily though for me, Adam Blackstone calls again. There you go. And Rihanna is now heading out and doing shows. So he's there like, hey man, I mean, you already know all our stuff. Would you it want just to come makes and do sense. So yeah. So then you know, I was with Rihanna at that time. Was know, was Nuno cool. Betancourt with her at the yes. time? I yeah. love Nuno. Yeah, Nuno was there. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. a man, it was it was a great it's experience impressive. getting the rock with Nuno and the yeah. and the band. So that's 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 how I wound up with Rihanna. And I think by this time I had moved to Los Angeles and I realized, man. I move out here. The, my apartment was paying like sixteen hundred dollars a month for an apartment. I wanted a Which nice apartment. Cheap. It's cheap. So cheap but nice, it's expensive uh, to me because I'm from Dallas. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. that was that's twice as much as any apartment in Dallas. And I was saying twice as much as that's that. Freaking so, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I have a nice house in Burbank, right, right, but still, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's, it's attached house. It's to all it, where you are. Yeah. But I realized I was like, you know, I'm paying a lot of money to live by myself, mm -hmm. but I'm also a touring musician. Right. So when I'm gone for four weeks at a time, I've now just paid a whole month's rent for, for my no reason. stuff to sit there. To sit, so I would, man, I would definitely encourage people, you know, if, you're, if this is what you do, man, you want to be a touring musician, you don't necessarily, some people are really proud and really want to live on their own. I get it. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to live by yourself. Right. If it makes sense to have a roommate, man, cut those costs in half, yeah. especially if you're not going to be home. If you're not yeah. home, like, don't waste money. Which is why for me, man, that's why I was like, it's time for me to get married because it's yeah. costing me way too much money when I bought my house. I was like, it was the same thing. Now I'm paying mortgage on a house, yeah. and I get it. You know, that's an investment. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just like, man, I wouldn't mind paying for this house if I was out on the road for a couple of weeks and there's somebody living there, but right. there's nobody living there. 
And so, yeah, as far as money management, that's why I was like, it's time for me to get married. My wife is a teacher. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted. Somebody that didn't have anything to do with music. That's personally well, because I dated all kinds of singers and everything. Yeah. I was like, I, I just can't do this anymore. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so been, I, think, I think all these decisions, again, you're good at making decisions and sticking with it. Had to, man, so, it had to know. make sense, man. And, and that's what you a, have to do. She has a great job, yeah. and that's because, like, it has to be a compliment. I'm not saying yeah. I, I picked my wife because, you know, it no, made no, sense, no, no, but no, I no, am but, saying it made sense, though. Yes. Like, it wasn't just a, I love her. It wasn't just right, that, because right. it also needed to make sense. And that's because I'm an adult, and I'm right. a career musician, and I know this. It has to make sense for my life. So she, if she's an artist and I'm an artist and I yeah. hit a, a spot where I'm not making a lot of money, I mean, my wife is a teacher and she's, right. even though it's not like, you know what I mean? It, it's, 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 it's a good steady. salary. It's, it's not steady. amazing. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to get rich, but it's steady. Exactly. It's yeah, very yeah. It's steady and we can make it work. So right now, to this day, we still live off of her salary. I mean, mm -hmm. we use whatever money I make mm -hmm. and I still make great money. We use whatever money I make and we supplement what she does. I mean, like, right, right. We, we supplement whatever's left after we spend everything from her check. Right. We'll take some money out of what I make and we'll put that, you know, we'll live off of that basically. Yeah. But when I tell you we live so far below our means, man, we recently, we just bought a house, another house. Um, and just to, to make sure we're able to afford the mortgage, man, we went to the savings account, we paid off both cars, we paid off all the student loans. So absolutely, the only thing we're paying right now is this house note, which she can actually afford by herself. So anytime I go out and I travel, whether it's with Brian McKnight or with Babyface yeah. or with whoever else it may be, man, all of that money goes to straight to our savings account. That's amazing. So that's that's so that's that's, that's no my easy idea. feat. Yeah. The only thing I do splurge on, I do splurge on new keyboards every now and again, but only if they right. make sense. Right. Yeah. Only if they make sense. She did let me buy. I uh, bought a grand piano, but this. Uh, a, it's a tax write-off, and B, like I use, I only buy stuff that pertain. This is me personally. I know everybody else has has their toys, but my toys are music related, right. and that's that's kind of so. That, that's my that that that's what. Even right now, we're sitting here in this hotel. I don't know what hotel we're in, but <laughs> Pullman, Tokyo. We just this guy. <laughs> Nomad just convinced me to spend $33 on breakfast. On breakfast. And I wanted to go to Starbucks because Starbucks is only, what, five or six bucks? No, but that's cool. For I a sandwich and a coffee, For it would have been probably more like 11. Are you kidding? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, we spent 33 each. So between the two of us, we spent $66 on breakfast. Yeah. But that's just the way I think. I'm like, yeah. man, you know. Oh, uh, last thing I will say about, so... Once some guys do get these gigs, man, like we're out yeah. here, you know, per diem is a real thing. They it give is. you per diem. And for people that don't know, per diem is money that an artist pays you. What, what is it? It stands it's, for per day. It's Latin for per day. Yeah, per, per day. You get a per day rate to take care of your incidentals, your food. Yeah, so basically. your food yeah. and whatever else you might want to do. Yeah. Some people see that as like their shoe money, which is fine. They buy shoes with yeah. it or whatever. My goal is always to take home as much per diem as possible because right. that's like extra pay. So it if is, I yeah. could, you know what I mean? Like if, if we're going to play, so tonight we're playing at Billboard yeah. and they're going to feed us dinner. We, they might right. have lunch there for us too. Yeah, since they, be there so if early. we're doing sound check, they'll have lunch and dinner. So if we do lunch and dinner there, I'm not going to then after the show tonight, which is done early, like 8.30, I'm not going out to dinner afterwards because right. they're going to have dinner there for us at the venue. I'm going to eat dinner at the venue <laughs> and then I'm going to save all of my per diem for the Day. But that's how I think. I think of ways that I can take the most amount right. of per diem well, home. But it's true. I have a story. But really, there's there's so many different ways you can look at this. And, and my way, and 
and I love your way, and my wife more subscribes to that, and she's usually on me, honey, watch it, don't no, spend, you know. This, this guy I'm, here, don't let I, no I, man I, tell you different. <laughs> I love, I, I love to spend, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, hey, you know, I feel like per diem is there to be spent, yeah. and I have friends of mine, like yourself, who have actually opened savings account, just oh, ba- savings accounts just based on per diem. That's a good cool. friend that's of mine, cool. John Santos, did that. He said, yeah, man, he said, I have per diem from 1999 that's in the bank me? right now. I'm like, holy cow, look at how you made that money work for you. Now, that's interesting. So that's, I've okay. never thought about that's great. that before. Number that one. Good. Yeah. Number two, and, you know, Warren Buffett would be proud of that, yeah, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. That's a quick. It does. The yeah. opposite is, you know, hey, I'm going to enjoy it a little bit because while I'm out here, I get to do that. I'm going hear that. You know, look, n- no way is either right or wrong. I think perhaps a balance is good. And I think knowing those opportunities, oh, if they're going to provide food, great, I can save some yeah. per diem today. So I'm all about that. I was literally just about to say, I think the, 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 the term for it is have a plan have for a your plan money. For and that, that's, that's really it. it no, another yeah. thing, like my wife says, you know, you know, if I'm going to a really cool country, she'll be like, I want you to buy a musical instrument oh, from nice. that country. That's pretty An cool. indigenous, you know, something you can only get there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, so there's so many different ways of looking at it, and I think it's brilliant. I was going to say something else. Oh, great story. You reminded me. Stephen Bruner, the, the artist now known mm. as Thundercat. Oh, yeah, okay? yeah. Stephen Bruner, Ronald Bruner's brother. I was out on tour with him, with Eric Benet, back in 2006, I believe. Yeah, he played all the gigs. Yeah, <laughs> so we were in D.C. It was snowing. It was, it, was a, it was a rough night, man. We finished the gig, and we went out, had some drinks, and had some fun, and... Steven just bought the brand new iPhone. The first iPhone just came out. What year? 2006? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to love and hate me for telling this story. (laughs) He lost his iPhone. It just came out. So I was still on the Palm Pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just came out, and I went out with him at like 1 a.m. I said, Steven, we're going to find your phone. So we we backtracked all of our... pre-find my iPhone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We backtracked that night. We were probably out for a couple hours in 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 like a blizzard. It was just awful. And we never did find this phone. But we came back to the... But the reason why I bring it up is because I always thought Stephen was a a little loose with his money. And you mentioned this because he loved... Was it Baps? The sneakers? Mm -hmm. Baps? I I don't remember. So he would take his per diem money and buy the hottest sneakers. The moral of the story is, when I thought Stephen was being unreasonable and spending his money irresponsibly, he thought, hey, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. And he didn't see anything wrong with it. I say all that to say now, look at where he is. He's his own artist, probably making a hell of a lot more money than I am, (laughs) doing what he loves to do. So my point. Again, is to not to, to, the, the point I'm driving home here, without pointing fingers. Sorry for all the puns here. You know, there is no right or wrong way. Right. You just never know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people are led by sheer passion, and sometimes people are led by you know extreme regimented planning. Yeah, that's me, man. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. But I I have learned over time to try to find the balance. Because you know what happens when you're busy making plans, mm-hmm. God has a way of changing them, right? So you never know. Yeah. Or, but then the flip side is that, of that is, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail. So, again, there's, a, there's an extreme right and extreme left. It's always that balance. Man, I mean, don't, you, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, sorry that's, for the long one. No, no, you're so, good. Yeah. But 
really quick, I don't, I don't know how, how long we're at here, but I definitely want to, so for, for everybody listening, I just wanted to throw a few things out there that kind of helped me get to, because I, I know you guys don't feel like listening to us talk for like three hours, so. Like, <laughs> You'd be surprised, maybe really? somebody Okay, what's somebody, nobody wants to hear me talk. Some sixteen-year-old kid in their in their bedroom practicing. I'm honored. <laughs> but so basically, though, just to, to sum up, I guess my story of, of things that worked for me because I was saying earlier in the podcast that I'm not the best musician, and I know that. So a way I, w- that, I would beg to differ, but man, I appreciate that because I, I try not to let it show. But the way that I do that is by not necessarily over preparing, but there are some things that I can do. That's right. To be prepared more than some people, like mm-hmm. as a keyboard player, where you know our sound is extremely important. Not everything is piano and strings. Like sometimes, I know when, when I started this gig, yes. I had never played chair two before. I had never wow. played auxiliaries before. But I figured that you know if I'm going to be here, the the best thing I can do is match these sounds as close as I can. That's right. As baby to Babyface's records. That's right. And, and that's that was, what he wants. And yeah, and, that, and that's what he wants. So that's what that's I what did. Gig calls for. Man, so man, as a keyboard player, not many keyboard players do it. Whatever rig I have on stage, I have the exact same rig at home. So right. I practice exactly. I mean, so I've got four keyboards on this Babyface gig. I've got two: the Montage Eight, the Montage Seven, the Roland Phantom G Seven, and a Nord Electro Five. I've got those exact same keyboards at my house mm-hmm. set up right now. So and you save everything to uh, I save everything thumb drive, thumb, thumb yeah. drive, and then I bring it here, and then I I load it in. So I'm not wasting time setting That's sounds. Right. I don't waste time with that, and that also gives me time to tweak these sounds because at rehearsal, like. Nomad likes to move. He's a music director that he's, hey, hey guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. So we don't necessarily have time to set sounds then. So the sounds that I create, are, I make them at home. Now, right. now, if we're doing stuff on the fly like we did at rehearsal the other day, yeah, yeah. that's why I'm like, hey, Nomad, give me a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and let me talk about that. And the reason why I like to move is because oftentimes what happens is you can do a sound check, mm-hmm. which turns into a mini rehearsal, and yeah. that's normal. Most, yeah. Let's face it, most bands yeah, most and acts yeah, do yeah. that. It right. turn, you turn them into a little mini rehearsal to fluff up arrangements here and there what happens is first of all you get a certain amount of time for sound check depending on who else is on the bill because those other artists have to sound check Mm -hmm. before or after you number one number two i don't like to burn everybody out at sound check because then you have no creative energy left for the show Mm -hmm. number three in this case with babyface the artist is he's always there he likes to be there I saw it on so, the list on the schedule today. I mean, I, I looked at that last night when she sent the yeah, schedule out. Yeah. The vans pick us up. He's in a different hotel yeah. than us. The vans pick us up at noon today. Uh-huh. They're picking him up at noon. He will probably be at the venue before we get there. He, he, he usually is. That's, that's how he does. So oftentimes, I don't like to make the artist wait. Yeah. And here's my theory, my take on it. As the musician, the career musician, each individual chair is responsible for taking care of all of their needs Prior to sound check, prior to the show, oh well, how can you do that? Well, there's times because not. Let's talk about this. Each musician on that stage has their own tech, so or you might share a tech. We still have a tech, so you get together with your tech on your time and Mm -hmm. say, "Hey, man, these are my sounds. Please load them in." Blah blah blah. Oh, by the way, tomorrow I have to tweak this, this, and this. So you make you again. You plan. Mm So that way, when you get to sound check, you don't have to say, oh, excuse me, MD, we need to stop everything. So I can work. So I can do my sound programming. Yeah. I guarantee you Adam Blackstone doesn't work like that. I guarantee you Ricky Minor doesn't work like They're that. Moving, yeah. I guarantee you David Foster doesn't look, you, know, you have to move. So again, there's that balance, that mm-hmm. fine line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
But so, I like guys like you who actually take the initiative to get it done. Gotta get it done. So I, I get it done at home. So this is one of the things that I do. Like, and it's it just anything that you can do to set yourself apart from what everybody else does. So that's one thing that I do. I mean, I, I try to have killer sounds. Yeah, yeah, I'm not Monty Nubel. I don't know if you've ever worked yeah, with Monty I Nubel. I haven't, before. but I know. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got like the, the best sounds in the world. So, I mean, I, I try to be Monty Nubel <laughs> when I'm playing auxiliaries. Like, yeah. what can I do that, to add? So that's one thing I do. Another thing I do, I played my first gig with Brian McKnight earlier this year. That's, that's a, a new gig that I'm doing. We almost did that together because really? Tarek called me for that. Really? Yeah, yeah that would have been fun. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great. Yeah. yeah. Man, I guess I just, so. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. available. Yeah. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, you would actually kill it on that gig. So, but I mean, that when I listened to that music, man, it was super tough. And I was like, mm -hmm. there's no way I'm going to memorize this entire show. Right. So... I, I put the stuff on my on my phone. I listen to it over and over and over and over. That's before I sit down to ever play it. I listen mm -hmm. to the show probably five or six times. Smart. Try to figure out what it is that I'm going to play, like what my parts are and whatever. And then for that gig specifically, I sat down and wrote out charts. Not like just little mm -hmm. note, like actual charts because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to memorize this. Sure. And this is one of those gigs, man, like... You know, you don't always get to rehearse with the artist beforehand. That's right. And that is not an excuse to not to be come prepared. in and suck, man. You yeah. don't you don't get to suck either because it's right. even though it's my first gig with him, it's still an audition. Yeah, if it doesn't right. go well, you won't be back. Well, we so. call that a live audition. Is that what basically, it is? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's yeah, what I yeah. refer to it as. You're auditioning yeah. on, on on a gig. On a gig, yeah. If it doesn't, and you go will well, never get called back <laughs> if you screw it up. And they'll talk about you. So <laughs> they'll talk mad trash about you, and rightfully so, because yeah. if you call yourself a career musician, yeah. then damn it, you better prove it. That means being able to do a gig without rehearsing with the rest of the band. That's so right. that that's really where your ears come in handy. Like they'll send you an MP3, and for some, I mean, you're not going to get charts. They won't send you no. charts. They're going to send you a show. Nomad sent us a show. The show is 90 minutes. <laughs> Learn the show. That's what it is. That's right. That's how these gigs work. They send you the MP3 of the show. Well, because you most chop pop it up gigs. yourself and the yeah. whole that. But that that's and I will say that that's something I do. That's I use smart. this program called Transcribe. I go through the entire show. This is before I. Start start practicing any of it chop the show up either in pro tools or logic or garage band whatever you have each song chop it individually so i can easily just click on it you know when i put it on my phone whip appeal i can just go straight to that song as opposed to skimming through a 90 minute show trying to find it or whatever the case is so now i've got songs you know on my playlist one through 23 or however many songs it is so i can just click it and then i can take it song by song but i'm listening i'm listening to it in order i've got the transitions down that's how I learn these shows, but that, that's, that's the effective way yeah, to practice. It's, a, it's effective. You said one song earlier, at a time. You said I know how to practice. Yeah. And the only way to practice is in baby steps, literally. Yeah. You try to take that whole show if you want to. You'll never get through it. Well, let's take your classical studies. How many Chopin etudes did you have to learn? This is how, how did you tackle a I'm Chopin glad, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought this up. And I said that's. I, I know how to practice now. I learned how to practice by practicing classical, classical music. music. I didn't learn this learn. until like my third year of classical studies when I learned how to practice. When I finally got out of it, one measure at a time. Absolutely, one it, phrase not, at a time. Not like one measure and then go to the next measure no. and then go to no, no, no. Literally one measure for thirty minutes, minutes. or however long master, it takes you. That's master each each bar phrase each yeah. bar. You'll get it. You, and especially for piano, set one hand at a time. Oh, yeah. it's one, so there's one hand for the, yeah. the first measure, then you play the second hand for the first measure, then you play the two hands together for the first measure, and play it again for the first measure. But again, again, that might first. take 30 minutes depending on how for difficult the passage is. Yes. But you'll get it. And, and, yeah. if, and if it's like, 
I mean, depending on what it is, you might have to do two bars at one time right. if it just like to complete if the, if the, phrase. the phrase if it flows together Music. like that. Correct. But okay. absolutely, one bar at a time. And I use a program called Transcribe, and I put everything in the Transcribe. Transcribe basically, mm -hmm. there's some apps on your phone that do it. I like to do it on my computer, so it's mm -hmm. separate than my phone, but. Mm -hmm. Because when everything is on your phone, you get a text message. Now, all of a sudden, I'm checking my text messages. Oh. Or, you know, oh, well, let me get on Facebook really quick. Well, let's talk about that. When yeah. you're practicing, put it down. your phone it should down, be gone. It, down, it shouldn't it even be in sight. I tell my wife, I'm like, I mean, she, she knows the drill now. But yeah. when she calls, well, my wife just, hey, babe, how are you? She nope. likes to just call. Yeah. Honey, honey, honey. I can't practice <laughs> if I'm texting. If I'm fielding texts yeah, I, I, and I, I, I'm so sorry. So she knows it by the tone of my voice now. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Is there a problem? Is there an emergency? What's going on? Like, so well, she knows. Erskine Jr. just burped. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, okay, great, okay. babe. Okay. All right. I will call you <laughs> when I'm done. Like, practice is really, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my work hours. Like, yeah, I work nine right. to five. So. So I use Transcribe, and I put everything right. in there. It lets you slow, you know, slow your music down. I go passage by passage. That's if there's right. something I can't hear, I mean, call your music director if you need That's to. Right. Like, oh, I couldn't hear it. That's not an excuse. That's you have my phone number. Like, what is that line? And don't just or text. Chords? Or don't just call. DM me. Shoot me an email. Let's, let's not talk about, oh, don't even get me started on, oh yeah, I DM'd you. No. What? what? You we're, think I have time to check six different social media DMs? Shoot me an email. Shoot <laughs> me an email, right. shoot me a text, yeah. and call. And if then you have call a question. follow up. You have no excuse not to know a show when you show that's up. That's right. So that's... That's so that those are so first sounds, mm -hmm. second being over prepared if I need to write mm -hmm. charts or whatever the case may be, because I, I mean, I can't memorize all at this point mm -hmm. now. I'm you know, I play with it's a bunch music. of artists, yes. yeah. Like, yeah. I uh, I was listening this morning because as soon as we get back, we go to Cancun as soon as we land, and then after Cancun, I'm off with another artist mm -hmm. for, for about a week. And then as soon as I get home, I'm MDing this, uh, it's like an award show thing, I'm wow. MDing that. And then as soon as I get done with that, then I'm out with that rock band. And wow. I'm, so it's a, it's a lot yeah. of music. I chart everything for the most part because it's just too much. Too much. So those are two things that I do. Hold your friends accountable. Why didn't you call me for that award show? No, we're doing. You said you were going to call we're, me. We're doing. We're doing. It's in January. Uh, I got to get them. I got to bust them. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I last thought time. you were calling me for another. For no, one not, in not this one in November. They can't. They moved it. I told you that. So um, you're not. You're doing. I'm not one. available. You are available. You're available because I'm available. I'm doing so, it with you. Yes, in January. See news. You got to hold your friends accountable, <laughs> folks. <laughs> no, this one is one that somebody uh, else. Yeah, with you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But um, yeah. so the so that's two things: sounds being over prepared and responding to correspondence. Please elaborate oh, on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, because being no matter the same in this, yes. in this respect, that's yes. we're, we're kindred spirits when yes. it comes to response times and responding to things. Yes. Like, you know, if, if, if I'm the music director for something and I send you an email and, you know, I'm like, hey, everyone, rehearsal today is going to be a such and such. Today we're going to run over such and such. Don't just look at it and be like, you know, just, just oh, you know, just see that you saw it. And Don't just confirm on. it in your mind. Right, exactly. Shoot me an email back. Not to everybody. But just, just reply to just to the person that sent it that's and say, I got it. Because when you send it, when you, when you say, yeah, receive. That's what I say. When you say send all, then that, you know, then reply everyone's all, getting, everyone's many, getting yeah. too many emails. But yeah. to send it to the person that sent, sent it to you back. So that's one thing I do. Like, There's I've got, three words. Received, confirmed, or copy. Yeah. All of those yep. are the, the same excellent. Thing responses and and they show that you're a professional so that's like that's right. one thing that I really 
I mean, when it comes to communication, if there's a new artist I'm working with or an artist period, I put their email address is now saved. I put them as my favorites. Yeah. So when I get an email or a text, it flashes on my phone. That's right. My watch alerts me that they hit me. I hit them back. I mean, they normally get an email back from me within two minutes. That's right. Saying, and that's every single time. So there's never a time where I'm, unless I'm like sleep or something. Or on an airplane without or Wi-Fi. on an airplane. And even if so, as soon yeah. as I see it, I hit them right land, back. Yeah. Communicate like you can always reach me, and I'm not going ghost on you for three days at a time. Or I sent so and so an email, we haven't heard back from him yet. That's the best way for me when I'm a music director. That's the best way for me to replace you with somebody else. Yeah. Oh. Communication I need to be able to communicate with you because it frustrates me when I can't communicate and unapologetically. Oh, yeah, I have no problem saying, you know what? <laughs> well, why didn't you call me? Oh, because you. Your response time is just, I can't really count it on you. It irks me. It irks me. Yeah, yeah. It irks me. And I can't, I can't depend on you. Can't I can't depend, depend on, on you. you. You're telling know. me that you're undependable, and that scares me. That scares me. A step yeah. further, if we're at rehearsal or sound check, and I just down, taught yeah. you a new phrase, oh, yeah, yeah. I expect you to either do one or two so things. Record it. Record the phrase yeah. audio or record it video. Sometimes video is important it's so you better. can, so yeah, you you can, can, you can see, see the fingering yeah. of the phrases of the move. Sometimes Babyface comes up on the keyboard stand yeah. and teaches you a part it's that he wrote specific. in 1988. And he knows it. And yeah. he knows it. Yeah. You think you're going to remember it that yeah, night? It's very specific. You better yeah. record that part. What did I do at rehearsals? I would take my phone and go record and video it and record. put them in the Dropbox. I put them in the Dropbox yeah. so the keyboard players can yeah. see the artist himself playing those parts which are very convoluted in the mix. It's yeah. hard to decipher. Yeah, now he's playing it for you. But also, we don't get to embellish. I mean, we can on this gig, but I'm saying as keyboard players, it's not our job to embellish, right. especially a gig like this where it's super iconic. That's right. Clifton has a lot more. For, and Clifton is uh, keyboard chair, uh, chair one. one in Mostly. this gig. I, 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 I kind of back down and give him more freedom on this right. gig because right. we, our band has grown since I've been here. Like we, we've, got, we've got a big band now, mm -hmm. so somebody's got to relax. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of chill. Nomad, I know exactly. I, I know where your parts are. Yep. Like we, me and Nomad play the same parts. And uh, Reggie played. Reggie's the drummer. Oh, he yeah. plays the same parts every single night. That's right. I think actually just about everybody, I think everybody in this does. Gig, we now is the bass. He every does the single same night, thing. I know yeah. exactly where each lick is going to be. This is a parts gig. It's a parts gig. It's yeah. not an interpretive yeah. gig. If, if if you're doing a jazz gig, it's more interpretive. Yeah, you kind of you know? play what you feel. Not here. A pop yeah. gig, you you have to really adhere to the. There's uh, too many people on yeah. stage now for us to be walking all so over. Just each winging other. it. Yeah. Well, look. You know, Erskine, you've covered so many important aspects of the business. Thank you, first yeah, of all. It's, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, my and, pleasure. you know, I could talk for hours. We could talk for hours. But these things are really important. And any last words of wisdom or insight or fun memories that you might want to share? Man, I think as far as words of wisdom, I mean, seriously, just... Tr like just trust that what, what's supposed to be for you is going to be for you and and sometimes man i'm not saying to you know if things aren't working where you are like give up but definitely think strategy you know strategically about like what it is that you're trying to do there's a million other people nah, maybe not a million but five hundred thousand other people trying to do what you're trying to do if we're talking yeah, about right. being musicians uh, musicians and we're right. talking about being career musicians that travel and mm -hmm. whatever else mm -hmm. there's a lot of people trying to do that right what can you do that sets you apart that makes you different than everybody else That's brilliant what 
And for me, that thing wound up being education. Not very many people out here traveling mm. have music degrees. Mm. So that's that's kind of my, my difference. And then also, because I have a degree in jazz with an emphasis in classical piano, but I played in mm. uh, one of the biggest black churches in the, in the world. And then I traveled mm. with hip-hop artists and pop artists and whatever. Like, I don't have to... I'm, I'm not stuck to one genre of music. So right. when it comes to gigs, right. I mean, if I if I have to, I've done gigs with David Foster, words, That's right. charts. That's right. And then, well, well, like you said, Blackstone hires you to do uh, arrange, charts, string arrangements or string, charts. Yes, or, 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 strings, yeah, or yeah. string arrangements or charts yeah. or to actually play piano on things right. or to fly out or and to play do sessions gigs. Or, or, to yeah, do, or, right. or to fly out and actually play the gigs. So like... And that's where the diversity really comes the diversity. in diversity. I'm able to be a one-stop shop. Yeah. And then also, even with one of David Foster's artists, his name is J.J. Lynn. J.J. Right. Uh, uh, Lynn's music director called and he was like, man, he had me play, you know, I arranged like probably five or six of the songs for that tour. There you go. And then he called me to play the tour as well. So I played some shows on the tour, but it's a Incredible. reading gig. So, yeah. you know, just being, being as diverse as you can be. Versatility. I, the versatility. I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things. I think of a fun story, man. I don't have fun anymore. This I know it sounds bad. It no, sounds depressing. It's actually, right I, I'm the same way. Yeah, we're out here focused. No, but you've been doing ramen and everything else. I just oh, feel, well, I enjoy I feel, the food. Oh, you do. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I feel bad, man. I mean, when we were in Osaka for like the past five days. I didn't venture more than two blocks away from the hotel. Not because I couldn't. Not because I'm scared to go out. Because I've been traveling now for eight or nine years. I've just done it. Like you've done it and. And I do believe this. You're busy. Like when I'm in my room, I'm a lot of people are just sitting there watching the tube when they're in the room. Not me. Like you, guys, like people like us, we're always working. Oh, yeah. if I'm not working on a chart. I'm working on a session. I'm working on something. I never leave the house without some sort of a keyboard. Whether it's a, you know, I've got a little 31 key. Right. key. Well, I don't know. Maybe this one is 29. Key. Whatever it is, I've got a keyboard that comes with me everywhere. And when I don't bring that one, because it's it's big enough to where. I would have to check my suitcase. Mm-hmm. So when I don't bring that, when I have a small little keyboard that fits in my backpack, I mean, no matter where I'm going, where if I'm you, going you for could, 24 hours, I put that keyboard it. in my backpack. If I'm checking a bag, I put the keyboard that's bigger, I put that in my check bag. And then if it's really something like, if I'm going to somewhere and we're gonna rehearse, like I know we yeah. rehearse with Face every year in January for yeah. a week. Roughly, I always yeah. bring, we, we, uh, at least every year, yeah. yeah, I always bring a 61 key keyboard that right. sits in the hotel room. Right. A, because I need to work on music. If you're like, hey, y'all, we're gonna add such and such song. You I did cellos for me the other day I on did. Water Runs Dry. I, I did. Yes. You were like, go. hey, can you do such and such? I got yeah. my keyboard, it's with me all the time. Or I need to practice, or somebody else right. hits me up. So always being ready to work, like being out isn't an excuse. But man, yeah, I've just been doing this for so long, man. I just don't, I just, if, if I, was in, I was in Europe earlier this year, man. I didn't go anywhere. I did go to the yeah. Eiffel Tower. I like doing But I that. will say it's not as fun without your spouse oftentimes. Right. It's more fun when you have your spouse. That's so what it sometimes is. Sometimes we bring that's, our spouses that's and then we is, go yeah. out and do that stuff. Then I'll go out and do that stuff. But for me, it's just not worth it to me spending the money. Right. I still have an iPhone SE. And for people that don't know what the iPhone SE is. I already is, got on them about I know these folks. I that's what I, that's right. <laughs> I used the, the iPhone SE was the old iPhone 5s that they refurbished. I got that from my 12-year-old daughter. The iPhone SE? For her birthday. And that's what I use because yeah, so the good, bigger yeah. phones make my hands hurt. That's not being a wimp about it. That's just telling you the truth. <laughs> no, but good. So for my wife, I just bought her the iPhone X because there I don't believe go. in buying anything new. So that's why she's not getting the 11. So she got a used iPhone X. Hey, and it'll be in by the time I get home. That's what works for you. That's what works <laughs> for me. Awesome. But man, like it's for my wife, yeah. I'll get her the newest and greatest stuff. Yeah. So 
when she comes out with me to travel, man, I definitely of course we'll, we'll, we'll go to Broadway plays. Spoiler, we'll yeah, go. Course, I mean, fun. we'll go see yeah, the sights. Yeah, yeah. But when it's just me, I'm just like, man, I'm keeping hunker down. I'm on hunker down. And just I was relax. on the bullet train yesterday next to you. I was working. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You worked the he worked so, the entire like it was two and a half, three hours. Yeah, yeah I think you napped yeah. for like the last twenty minutes. Yeah. But yeah, he worked the entire time. Could have been looking at the sights, looking at the mountains and all that, but man, I think it's my twelfth time in Japan. So, oh, so they, 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 I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen it, man. So, that's, oh, but hey, speaking of which, you owe me cues for a TV show, buddy. I do. I do. We, we Where are my work. cues? I need you bragging I, about your I, rig, I, and I don't see any cues. <laughs> I did like three of them. I still got to get those to you. But yeah, man. So this guy, Nomad, he's, he's got kind of got his foot in the door in a bunch of different places, and that's the versatility thing. Right. Like we just can't be career musicians touring because one mm-hmm. of these days this touring thing is going to get old mm-hmm. and you're not going to want to do it anymore yeah. and you want enough money A, enough money saved up to where you don't have to do it anymore mm-hmm. and B, you want to have other things up your sleeve that you can do instead of tour. So right. that's, the, that's the versatility thing and the younger you are when you start working on that by the time you get ready to transition to something else hopefully you've built it up into a, you know, a big enough thing you know, so. That's right, man. Yeah, man. Words of wisdom by Erskine Hawkins. I mean, it's a few of them. That's I it. wish I had like cool stories and stuff. When I tell you, I'm yeah. I'm a square man. I it's okay a, to I be a square. square. I don't I, go out. I feel like the I band ride. doesn't invite me out anymore. It's cool. I stopped, they, know, they know I'm not gonna go. Hey, I stopped getting invited years ago. <laughs> really? So I don't. I don't. I, I don't saw take the it Instagram personally. stories that everybody was out last night. Did anybody yeah. invite me anywhere? On the other hand, if they did invite me, I would have been asleep because I was knocked out. Sorry, I did invite you. I invited you last night. You did. You're what did you right. say? You, you said, I'm, I'm going to go to this little spot. I did. I did. And then I'm going to retire early. I said, Man, I was in bed by seven. You're absolutely right. I was in bed by nine. You invited so. me. You're the only person. Everybody else, <laughs> I had to find out from Instagram. They all went out last yeah. night and got in. They got in around the time that I got. I got up at like three o'clock this morning or something like that. So that's when yeah. I got back. But anyway, well, the life of a career musician. That's the life of a career musician, man. You epitomize it, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Download, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Check out the brand new Career Musician YouTube channel. Want to learn more about a particular topic? Tag at the Career Musician and use hashtag Career Musician to let us know what you'd like to hear. If you enjoyed today's interview, please subscribe and leave a review. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man. Writing the songs in this one-man band I know man, yeah I'm no Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast, and I am thoroughly stoked to be an official member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast Network is the first of its kind as an all-music-based podcast collective. Please be sure to check us out at pantheonpodcast.com for more info. 
Are you ready to lose weight the easy way? Get Nutrisystem, the proven plan that's worked for millions, and it will work for you, too. You get your breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks delivered right to your door. Delicious foods that are ready in minutes, now featuring hearty inspirations meals that control hunger for up to five hours, high in protein, and bigger than ever. Exactly what you need to feel full, satisfied, and energized as the weight comes off. The secret is the breakthrough science of Smart Adapt, personalized to your metabolism and created to help you break through plateaus. Get your plan for as little as $10 a day. Order Nutrisystem today and start losing weight right away. Millions of people have lost weight on Nutrisystem. You can too. Go to Nutrisystem.com new right now and get a special offer. Just go to Nutrisystem.com new to get started. Expect to lose an average one to two pounds a week. Offer restrictions apply. See website for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 